St. Mark's Place of all uh, places and that sort of thing. But I think uh, I'd like to start out with something that you were just talking about. Founders. Okay. Right? Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. Do you have a question for me or should I just let's talk? Just, let's just have a conversation, yeah, man. I think something that doesn't get out there uh, very often and so forth and uh, is very evident in our recent uh, events that we've had. Uh, not only the uh, record that we put out a couple of years ago, but our, our infrequent shows that we do right. is that uh, we appear with the same exact members that we started. Yes, I did notice that. <laughs> I noticed that on. Um, I was I was creeping through the, the mob Facebook page. I was looking online. I was looking at yours, and it's always the same original members. Yeah, and that does not happen. I don't think that... Does anyone else do that? I don't think anyone has ever done that. It's especially that we do. And especially you guys were formed in, what, 1980? Yeah. 1980 right. sometime. Yeah. There was... That's insane. Uh, we got to that lineup with uh, people having to learn their instruments and do different things. We always had a plan because we were childhood friends. Right. Uh, so we played the league together. We went to school together. We all met like when we were 12 years old. Right. Dancing around the, the living room playing Black Sabbath records with hockey sticks in our hand. Knowing that one day we were going to be a band. Yeah. It didn't start out that way because we didn't have a drummer and a bass player uh, ready to go even though none of us were ready to go uh, when we started. But uh, we always knew that Ho would be a, the bass player at some point in time. Right. So we got some flunky to mess around and write some songs and do that sort of thing. We found a drummer, uh, I think in the Village Voice. Well, he was much older than us and he also had a rehearsal space in Jackson Heights. Okay. Which was kind of cool. So that was, uh, his name was Nico and our first bassist actually was John Frawley which is very interesting uh, because I met him in high school 
school, and I saw him performing uh, at like the school assembly, and he did a Black Sabbath or a Led Zeppelin song. Okay. He was in a couple of my classes, and uh, I asked him if he wanted to do it, and he was all for it, and he definitely, uh, you know, rose to the occasion and so forth. And he was actually part of the trio after he whole came aboard, and we we offered him second guitar actually okay. at the time, John Frawley, but uh, he didn't like that idea, and uh, he was the bass player for Heart Attack. With gotcha. Jesse and uh, what's the drummer's name? What's the drummer's name? Uh, Latin guy. He was very good. Though. They were they were good when they came out as a power trio. Yeah. Uh, John Frawley was the bass player. So Heart they had Attack. a little influence there. Heart Attack came up in the previous four episodes as well. Yeah. Well, yeah. They, they would. You know, it would be Heart Attack, Mob, Reagan Youth, Crowd, Nihilistics. Yeah. That was really the nucleus. Yeah. Of of the birth. Of, yeah. Of what was to come. Yeah. So. Uh, this is a history lesson for all you kids that claim to be hardcore kids. Yeah. You don't have to go to the movies. You don't have to read those books. You don't have to do all that stuff. I got it right here. Exactly. Uh, yeah, so those were kind of the... Uh, I got some good stories about, you know, first time us and Kraut got together. Okay. Yeah. And Jack actually played in the world's youngest punk band, which was Heart Attack. Okay. The first version of it. And they, okay. It was kind of funny because they, Jesse was, you know, the leader of the crew and so forth. And they had... All different shapes and sizes in the band. So it was kind of funny. They were way too young to be playing the clubs, but you know that Max's and CB's allowed that sort of thing to right. uh, occur. And uh, there was, you know, the little heavy set guy, the tall guy, the skinny guy. Jack was both of those things. Uh, so it was kind of a sight to see. Yeah. Uh, and uh, obviously, we, uh, him and I were friends, and I saw that version of Heart Attack many times. Oh, and I would go and we'd do various things to them while they were. Stage of course. <laughs> but yeah, it was fun. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so uh, in around 1980, we probably started a little before that with that makeshift thing that we dreamed yeah. of. You know, the dream was forming probably in 79, 80, and it started way before that. But in 1980, uh, Ho, as I said, uh, picked up and learned enough to uh, be able to play punk rock songs on bass. What, wanted, what, what made you guys want to? Well, what turned you on to punk rock in the first place in order for you in order for you to want to create a, a punk rock band that early like yeah. there's got to you know it's, it's 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 not a well that came after I was part of the formulation of Van Halen okay yeah yeah you're, that's what you no. in the American hardcore book it says that the mob was a Van Halen copy band before we were the mob that's crazy <laughs> that's just crazy well, I, I wish we had enough talent uh, to do that yeah that's how much research went into that whole thing right uh, great question and uh, it was kind of a, a, a grassroots growth thing right like, uh, as kids we were listening to what all kids our age Age with influence of older people we're listening to. Sure. Like your, you know, your Led Zeppelin, your Black Sabbath. Show. We were going to all the shows right. as, a, as a group. And, and we had many extended friends also. We saw, you know, Aerosmith five times Queen. We saw, uh, you know, uh, Jethro Tull, whoever it happened to yeah. be at the time. And uh, then we kind of leaned towards heavier stuff that was a little wilder. Yeah. And Ted Nugent grabbed us. We okay. love, we love Gone. You know? Okay. So that sure. anything that was more progressive, obviously being from Queens, the Ramones in 76, 77, 78 were, were very visual and very out there, probably promoted more 
in Queens and New York than anywhere else. And you so guys got to play with them several times. Did. Yes. I have a few flies that we'll get into that I was yeah. look, I was looking at somebody's flies and, and the history of you guys is ridiculous. Yeah. Like the bands and the lineups of somebody's flies that I have. It's 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 like it's almost like a dream lineup that people would you know like dude we're amazing dude like like right here like just just at the A seven I don't know what year this is that's actually one seventy one A oh one seventy is Jerry oh. Williams okay. recording studio which was right kind of da- down the block alright well I'm not gonna go through all three days but it was five dollars a night and all three days if you wanted to go all three days it was only ten dollars but the, the the lineup that you're on this was two, on a Tuesday December first whatever year this is. That was 1980. 1980. The Bad Brains, the Mob, Reagan Youth, Heart Attack, and the Beastie Boys. Amazing. Five bucks on a Beastie Tuesday. Beastie Boys opened that whole night up. That's insane. <laughs> <laughs> they went on to the millions, but they opened that, that final show It's just crazy. All right, go on. Yeah. I'm sorry. I just had to put that out. No, no, no. We Amazing shows. And, and there's a story about the shows, too, that uh, I need to get out there a little bit. Yeah, please know do. How we became a bit of a machine. Yeah. You know? <laughs> uh, yeah, so the Ramones were very present, as I said. Sure. And it was also the plasmatics going on who were playing at, you know, quick speed and that sort of thing. And the Dickies were in California and the Dams were in the UK. And we, by way of going to Ramone shows, uh, which we caught on to right away and exposed the dolls and the heartbreakers. I'm a huge Giant Thunders fan. Okay. So I started to go to Max's to see that. But there wasn't probably a Ramon show within the longest train ride that Ho and I didn't get. <laughs> right. We went all the way out like Zappas was that was distance for us in Jackson Heights. That was the, the seven train into Manhattan and the whatever train, the D train out to uh, like Brooklyn uh, where that was and so I never even so, heard of that place. Yeah, it's probably long, long close. Yeah. We played there and checked the flyers with the circle jumps. Okay. Twice actually. Okay. Yeah, early on. But wonderful place any of the old heads would remember Zappas, especially the old head punk rockers from Brooklyn. Right. Yeah. So, you know, the Ramones were really it for us to kick us off. A lot of people think Bad Brains, but they played a huge role in our mentorship. Sure. But the Ramones were the, the kickoff of, okay, we, we love this. And then all of a sudden you're into the Ramones and Flash, this nasty band from England, the Sex Pistols, you start to be exposed to. And, yeah, so... All of this was hitting us as, you know, that, that we were getting up in our teens. Yeah. And we knew we were going to play music. So we were being influenced after the, you know, the heavy metal rock and roll thing that was going on by punk rock. And we, you know, were a bit mis- misfits ourselves. We were sure. makers from Jackson Heights. I think you have to be. Yeah. yeah that comes as a territory. That sure. was appealing to Absolutely. us, you know. Yeah. Uh, we were already, you know, with the, the courts of Budweiser and getting involved in that. So the punk rock thing was very appealing to us. We loved it. We got to experience it being in New York. Luckily, if we were in freaking bumfuck, uh, you know, uh, Midwest, we would never, we would have never experienced. No way. Uh, so we were part of that whole thing. And uh, after that, we 
you started to, you know, you go more underground, I would say. Yeah. So you're into the punk rock thing, and the Ramones are playing here. But then the Ramones started getting bigger and bigger. But we, you know, we were a known entity at the Ramones shows. Uh, they started getting bigger and bigger, and we tore, so they'd go away. Yeah. But it's in your blood now. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you're hunting out. What What else is there? Oh, CBG, what, who's playing on Tuesday or Friday? Oh, the coolies, the mates, the this, the that. Shrapnel. Uh, all right. All right, I'm going. And yeah. I'm liking that, too. That's, sure. It's different, but it's cool. Absolutely. So we, you know, that's how um, I and my, you know, group got involved in going to shows and, and seeing the different things that were happening at the time. Yeah. You know? And yeah. this is way before the term hardcore was ever. Absolutely. You know, out there. There was punk rock and... Um, and uh, I guess there was some other term. New wave was it, you know, yeah. involved and that sort of thing. And I, I didn't really grasp onto any one thing. I just knew what I liked. Right. You know? And it had a very open mind. Yeah. See, I, I actually liked the freakiness of the whole scene. Yeah. You know, I, I missed that a little bit. The, the, the fashion I like portion of it. Right. You know. Yeah. So that's how we, we you know, developed the thing. Right. Obviously. With the uh, emergence of, I guess, California, and then the visits of the Bad Brains and the discovery of that, seeing what we liked and what was appealing to us take into new levels uh, of intensity. Sure. Right? And with the Bad Brains being the utmost of that. Yeah. Uh, with the dance and the, the incredible beats and the speeds that they would go they out. They were just tight, man. Yeah. Just tight. A lot of yeah. people don't know this. The uh, first Batbrain show I've ever, I ever saw was I think in '79 at CBGB's and it's filmed. There's uh, Jose is up front dancing around watching the wiggle and so forth. But before the Batbrains came on, a guy announced them and he, he announced them like this. He said, "Quicker than the Dickies!" Right away. Who are the Dickies? And I got to see that. Of course. And faster <laughs> than the Ramones, ladies and gentlemen, the Batbrains. Oh. And they would just they just and blew they your mind. Of course, that. and just explode. Yeah. Oh. Oh, man, so I was I was too home. young, man. I, I was too young to witness all that yeah. stuff. You know what I mean? But it was fun. I mean, 79, 80. What am I, four or five years old? Yeah. Where am I going? You know? Well, hey, uh, when I go to shows now, um, you know, how old were some of these people yeah. that are experiencing their own thing, their sure. own gig, their own style, their, yeah. you know, that whole thing. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I do go to shows. I know, on the side, a little yeah. bit in the back. But every once in a while, I even get up front, right? Depending, depending on who's who's yes, playing. Who it is, yeah. yeah, of course. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So, all right. So, you guys formed. Like, let's just say, for argument's sake, sometime in '80. Yeah. And then the final lineup. Yeah. And then you guys went into record a demo. We played a lot of shows. Uh, we had a we had a demo with that original incarnation that I told you about. Okay. Uh, which is. Uh, Do you still have a copy of yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, we got Thank copies you. of it. It's uh, and you know surprisingly. You have an original copy of it. An original. An original copy, like on uh, one of those cassette tapes. Probably somewhere. Now I'll be unpacking some uh, storage stuff very soon to look through all that, and I may come up with a copy soon. Wow. Yeah. So, so okay. that music is available, and uh, you know we we we've, I've put some of the stuff out on the internet from time to time. There's a version of Paranoid with Jackson on there. Okay. Yeah. Oh wow! Look at that. All right. Well, listen. Yeah. Definitely. 
uh, there was a growth in our sound as we as you progress even with just the vinyl. Uh, there's a, a huge progression because we we've always felt that this is mob music and thus mob stock. Right. Uh, yeah. We we did our own thing. We didn't you know pay attention to trends and that sort of thing. We knew what we wanted to sound like, but we also uh, were not afraid to experiment. Right. And uh, I think a lot of that comes through. But just for the progression type thing, uh, we played a lot of shows. Uh, we played in Queens. Um, we played in Manhattan. We, you know, did did CBs when that was ready. We were probably one of the earliest bands to do CBGBs. We did it. Yeah, uh, you, if you look it. at some of the posters. They weren't even Sunday matinees. They no. were called dance parties. Yo, and things like that. It's like all right. Look, I, I'm in no particular order. I'm just there was just a couple that I saved to my phone. It's like all right at the A7 Friday December 10th. The mob with Agnostic Front. And I don't know who NJF is. Who's NJF? NJF? That's what... Some New Jersey's finest. finest. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I never heard of them. They, okay. they probably formed seven different bands. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they were in... Yeah, upstairs at Max Kansas City. All right, you have the mob. Um, I just... Will... Yeah, which is also a rare thing. Maybe the stimulators, the mob, the bad brains, heart attack. Yeah. Very few got to play Max, which we did. Lamores, April 4th, the Ramones, and the mob. Like... Classic. That was St. Patty's Day. It was was awesome. it? Yeah. Yeah, April 4th. Now you have the A7 Annex. It's uh, the mob, sadistic exploits from Philly, the FUs, the proletariat, urban waste, the head lickers, which that's a great name. And they were awesome. Agnostic Front and Misguided. Wow. And that's how many bands were on that band? Five bucks. Latest we started the festival. Started and the doors festival. open at 10 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> that's just great, man. The first time that's I played A7, I didn't go on until five in the morning. That's eight bands. Doors at 10. And it says first band on 10:30 sharp. It says. Oh, yeah, at least went on on time. Yeah. Now this one I looked at. And I was—I wanted to ask you if this was the lineup, or is this maybe a fly that you guys made? Thank you. It was two. Is it two dollars? Two dollar admission at CBGB's Saturday, December seventeenth. The Mob, Urban Waste, and Minor Threat. <laughs> Come on, dude. Two dollars. Yes. And that was the first time Minor Threat played New York. You want to hear the story? They went out first. No, they no. had to ahead. Well, there, there's a whole story around that All too. Right. But anyway, you know how they, that that gig was booked. How? Check this out. We I'm were I'm all ears. And this is what was something I want to tell you. A lot of these shows that you see, CBs and A7, David A7, Hilly at CBGBs, they started to realize because the on the Bad Brains, you know, recommendation of us being that band that they want to play with them so much yeah. because we can kind of hang with them a little bit, you know, maybe a little bit, a little bit. Uh, yeah. But before then, nobody could. They were, they didn't they didn't have that duo appeal. Right. You know, where we had the duo appeal. Uh, they were letting us book our own show. So we were promoting right. uh, most of those shows that you see a mob file for. Sure. And, uh, That's what everyone did back then, before yeah. phones and computers. Yeah, we were, there was the booking agent said, all right, you're playing. Who's playing with you? Right. And we would go out and try to create great shows. Sure. You know, even that. But the Minor Threat one was very interesting because we were rehearsing. 
and uh, it was at Jack's basement at the time in Douglaston. And uh, so we're rehearsing, and we, he had a phone in the desk down there. He was already kind of the businessman. And uh, we had heard a rumor that they were already broken up and had never played here, and they just had the first single. And uh, so we, but we liked them, and we, we were digging their stuff, and we had the Bad Brain connection anyway. Right. So we kind of were known in D.C., and, you know, they were obviously known here. Everybody had the single. Sure. So we heard a rumor and uh, that they were getting back together, just starting to play. So I, Ho and I said to Jack, Jack, call Ian up right now and see if he wants to play at CBGB's. Jack's like, why? Well, that sounds stupid. Yeah. And uh, he does it right there. Then he gets Ian on the phone. They they meet and greet, and, and Ian goes, yes, of course we can. That's how that show got set up. Now, they we threw our, our Urban Waste, uh, you know, mob style family members on there, and it was great. Right. Now, there's the, that one was December 17th. Now, I don't know. I have another one. I don't know. Is it the next day or maybe another year? But it's CB's December 18th, <laughs> minus right in the mall. That must be the date. And Urban yeah. Waste. I think that other flyer was done by someone else. I think it might have okay. been an Urban Waste flyer. They probably got the wrong date. Yeah, well, they got the wrong no. date. And then, they, it was and, one and then this one, it wasn't $2. It was $3. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> we changed everything after the first poster was made. Probably. That was like the template. The rough draft. We had, the, he said, yes, let's make the flyer and get this out. There. Right. Though that, that show didn't even uh, probably need a flyer. That, no. uh, that second flyer that you showed me, though, was pretty famous out there and so forth. And that was done by Uncle Al from Murphy's Law. Okay. Yeah. Minor Threat meets the mob. Also, Urban Waste. December 18th, 3.30 p.m. matinee, three bucks. On a Saturday. It wasn't Sunday matinees yet. Saturday? Saturday. You had mentioned when they went on. Minor Threat ran into car problems that day. Okay. And of course, we we were like looking at each other like, oh no, they better make it. We built this thing. We put it out there. We promoted it and so forth. And lo and behold, the mob... You know, drops the mic, and the rumor was the van just pulled up. Oh, we were like, yes. nice! <laughs> and the place during all three sets, of course. the place was steaming. Of course, there was nothing but smoke coming off. Heads. I love that club, man. I, I love that club. Stevie's, oh God, nothing like it. And I don't know, you know, unless you're uh, an appreciative of sound as far as band quality is concerned. Sure. That has never been imitated in the copy duped in the world. It's the sound you would hear as a performer at CBGB's was just incredible. Yeah, it was just a very, it was very odd. I mean... I mean, I mean, there's people that listen to this all over the place, and there's people that were never in CBs. But when you walked in and you looked at the stage, the yeah. stage wasn't straight. The stage was on an angle. Yeah. It wasn't 45 degree angle. It was slightly cocked. And then you had the you know, speakers up top. You had the little bird's nest, the little the little crow's nest up yeah. in there. It was very weird. A lot of little weird nooks and crannies, wood floor. I think all of that stuff also, you know, obviously helps with acoustics wise and whatever. But I mean, it's just it was. I don't know. And now that I think of it, there were no monitors on the floor no. facing you. The monitors were up top. Yeah. Yeah. That row of that speakers, speakers across, above the like stage. Like you said, the bird's nest, for some reason, just, it, it worked. Yeah, it was a 
weird shape. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, if, if you if, if there's like a huge warehouse, like somewhere overseas or whatever, with concrete walls, everything sounds different. It's this small little spot with a wood floor. Yeah. I mean, the flyers and graffiti and caked on flyers all over the walls could actually affect. The- Did you know this? And this from the time, the first time I played there, there were two rows of movie seats in front. It's bolted. Did you know that? <laughs> no. And they were there, obviously, for everyone before me. Uh, you know, me and, and maybe even a little after. But bolted. there were two rows of movie seats bolted to the front, which obviously, with the coming of the bad brains and the... the they had to go. All that, they had to go. That's yeah. crazy. And they used to put tables all the way up also. I remember the yeah. tables. Yeah, they, they the tables some... you can see in pictures. Yeah. Every once in a while, there would be a couple tables, but then those tables, you know. They were. Yeah. yeah. There was, like, that little area in between the in between the They kept them up on the side. On like the little, the little behind the sound guy, that little area across from the bar, there was a little table section. But I don't know, man. What was it? Maybe four tables left in that place yeah. at the end. Maybe. Yeah. It's, it's, but you know, changed. I would, I wouldn't mind if I had one of those tables. Now, like, right? Yeah, I'm sitting up here on just, the little platform, just watch, throw it in the kitchen, watch a bad ball or something. That'd be pretty cool, right? <laughs> just, just because I don't want anywhere near that thing. No, no. Come on, you hey, did. Hey, lace up your dance and slippers. Sneak in. Yeah. A little Nice. Yeah. So that that's kind of the, the early history. But uh I guess uh you were talking we talked a little bit about 171A. Right. And there's a little history there on the recordings of Upset the System and then Step Forward okay. and that sort of thing. Um, the album came out a, a little bit later, but I think that would be is, is interesting to discuss because talk about uh, whatever you want yeah. to talk about, man. Do you see you know what's awesome about this? I hardly even have to say anything. <laughs> Wait till the pizza comes, though. This then I might, you might have to get a little Listen, this is fine. <laughs> uh, yeah, just upset the system was not supposed to be the first mop single. Okay. Yeah. And so you had is talked it? about, hey, is there anything in the can? We were, our idea and our vision was actually a record called uh, Seven Deadly Venoms based okay. on the Kung Fu movie that we sure. saw, Five Deadly Venoms. Of course. Uh, for those who know, a very uh, interesting and, and uh, delightful movie. Channel 5 Saturday afternoon <laughs> stuff. <laughs> yeah. So we, we had it all designed. We had it all recorded. And it was recorded at 171A with Jerry Williams. Uh, and then there was this, uh, I don't know what you want to call it, an idea, promise, whatever the case may be. And it's, it's meaningless now. But there was going to be a uh, compilation, much like the Jelly Bean compilation that the Dead Kennedys did. Was it Jelly Beans Across America? Something like that. Okay. <laughs> Let them eat jelly. Let them eat jelly. Do nice. you ever play with the Dead Kennedys? Never. Oh, okay. I saw them. Okay. And there's some memorable shows there. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, I just yeah. let them. No, we never got to play with them. Okay. One of the, one of the Which is actually kind of shocking to never me. Never played with Dead Kennedys, never played with Black Flag. Black Flag used to bring their own crews. Like, really? Yeah, the SST bands. They would yeah, sure. The Dead Kennedys was probably a possibility, uh, but it just never happened. Okay. And actually, I think we had Dave from um, A7 had the 2 plus 2 annex that okay. he was doing, and we were trying to arrange a, a, a second, like, sidebar show with the Dead Kennedys, and we, were, we would have been on that, but never never materialized. Okay. But anyway, back to the uh, compilation. The Bad Brains on this side wanted to put out a compilation okay. of East Coast bands, which would have involved DC, New 
York and um, Boston. Uh, anything else up and down the coast. I know SSD was in, Beastie Boys, Reagan Youth were in, and everybody that they could have talked to uh, down in D.C. So we had the seven deadly venoms ready to go. And we basically uh, handed it off to them, and they went touring, Jerry Williams included. Right. He was their sound man. So they disappeared, and, you know, when they got back, there was no compilation and no seven deadly venoms. Uh, <laughs> we didn't even mind that much. I think we had some cassette versions of it, that sort of thing. Okay. And that is something that I am seeking to get together, and we're going to put out Venom's 81 or something like that. That would be awesome. Yeah, that, that's got to come out on a 45. But anyway, that was supposed to be the first record. Some of the songs would have been the same, I'm sure, uh, but I know there was a song called Overthrow on there, a song called uh, Obsession, which I do have the recordings for, and there was probably some others on there that uh, were never released and so forth. The sound would have been very similar uh, and that sort of thing. But so when they got back, Jerry Williams, we you know, we went through the whole thing of, oh, that doesn't exist anymore. Right. So we didn't think twice about it. We said, we're better now. We had many more gigs while they were gone under our belt because we were the only ones left in New York. Right. So we were playing. I was ready to do the crowd. We're playing all the time. Uh-huh. Uh, and then we went in with, with Jerry Williams and recorded uh, Upset the System. Not at 171A, though. We went to a little more high fidelity. I think it was eight tracks. Still very cheaply done. Uh-huh. We did it all in you know one session, uh, and probably went back for a second session to uh, do the recording. Actually, uh, a lot of bands went back to that studio that we found at the time, and this was kind of a theme. You know, we broke down doors, and other bands followed. You know, we all talked, we all hung out together, and that sort of thing. I think the Antidote record may have been recorded in the same place that we did. Uh, Love that record. Yeah, it's a great record. The record's incredible. Crunches. Yeah. Louis was very close with us. His, he got into singing by singing with the mom on stage. Right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. A lot of people did. <laughs> but we used to get to do a lot of guest stuff. Uh, Vinny used to always come up. Uh, he was in the... Uh, he was in the... So Vinny Stigma? Yeah. The Eliminators? The Eliminators, yeah. yeah. So when he was with the Eliminators and he used to play with us at a seven, he would come up and do a, a tune with us. Uh, usually ZDF or something like that. Before him. But, uh, so yeah, that's how uh, Upset the System came out. Obviously we formed Mob Style Records and uh, then we uh, worked with producing and putting out the Urban Waste Records right after. Uh-huh. So we played with us all the time. Sure. Queens Boys and uh, there were many shows between us. Endless times we played together. Rest in peace, Kenny. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. been also the recurring theme, too. Yeah. Uh, you, I mean, there's just so many. Yeah. People are dropping. Yeah. Take care of yourselves. Yeah. I keep posting like that. Yeah. I go to the gym. I went to uh, Sky Zone the other day. Do a little jumping. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Off the trampoline. Nice. Hey, listen. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. You're doing more than a lot of people, right? I try to stay fit. Right? Me too. Well, plus, I, you know, if we're ever going to play again, I got to dance. Yeah, you need yeah, you need some chops. Yeah. Plus, I got to teach all the young kids the, the moves because I, I come out with them first. You have to. Then you have to. You got to bring the, make these kids study their lessons. Yeah, but I don't know. It, it, Loosen up a little bit, don't you think? I think so. A little tight. Yeah. A little uptight. A little tight. A little tight. And angry. A little too angry. angry. <laughs> Sometimes you might be a little too angry. Yeah. Maybe that's what it is. The, the anger be. tightens them up a little bit. Yeah. yeah. You gotta loosen your neck up. Yeah, do something. Yeah. Stretch yeah. out. Relax. Yeah. Yeah. 
Oh, we didn't order the pizza yet? Oh, I had one picked out. Uh, excuse me, we're going to take a uh, two-second break to order uh, a nice yeah. pie here. That's all right. It's almost I'll like crunch this. it. I'll crunch it on there for them. Yeah, don't worry about it. It's almost like uh, they're sitting here with us. Yeah. It's all right. Everybody who listens constantly knows that this is all off the cuff anyway. Uh-huh. You know what? Let's have a cup of coffee, please. Yeah, uh, espresso americano. A regular cup of coffee. American coffee. What's that? Yeah. 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 We're in Italian place. This guy's talking. This guy's talking Italian. He is. I, I thought she gave me enough menu that was in Italian. And, and uh, embarrassingly, I couldn't read it. Well, it is like half Italian. Yeah. It's like, it's like on the flip side. Uh, this Italian is so fun. This, I found this when we played at Coney Island Baby. Okay. Yeah. We were looking for a place with a bunch of people, and uh, they had the they put together all the tables here. And lo and behold, I went back and looked at the uh, the clay tiled oven and was impressed and he made a beautiful piece. Beautiful. Yeah. There you go. So now we're here. We're over here now. We're over here. We're over here. We're over here. Now we're over here. Later we'll go over there now. Let's stay over here for a while. At least until we finish the pizza. Yeah, I'm in no rush. So what else? We, what else? They want to know. All right. So what else? We should take calls. Yeah. Cell phone. Oh God. No, I, I, Have I, you I, ever done that? No. Oh. No. And I don't do things over the phone. Either. People say, "Oh, I can call in." We I can do it. I listen to sports radio, so I'm kind of thinking maybe I want to do it. One day I'll do it. I like doing this. Maybe you and I, but you don't like doing that. But maybe one day we'll do a, a sidebar episode All right. where I just take calls about pizza, right. hardcore. Okay. But, it, you know, once they get into modern hardcore, I won't know a thing you'll have right. to Okay. Yeah. I'll text Drew Stone. Yeah. Like, no. Listen, Drew, you know, you got to know. Of course. Drew was on this a couple times. I know, I know. Yeah, yeah I yeah. saw you posted a poster recently from an older show because he's coming out with his new uh, Chronicles now, right? Yeah, no, you know what's weird? Like, like, Or did that just pop up because someone commented? Yes, on that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah, that was like episode like Seven or I know, like that. That was, I thought you had a new one. I'm like, what? That's weird. That's an old one. I did two with Drew. I did one when he, right before he came out with the Chronicles, and then I did one right before he came out with the Alago film. I had him and Michael Lago on together. Yes, yes. yes. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I had him on too, I think. Yeah, on the radio. Nice. Hey, you had asked something, I think, something also that, you know, has never, I've never talked about in interviews or that sort of thing, or... Uh, is the shows with the remotes. Yeah. Those were very interesting because sure. we, were the, we were probably the first hardcore band I've ever never seen them. I never, I never even seen them live. No. I even got to see them once at the end with CJ. I never got good. to see them. Well, when I was still booking shows, CJ played one of my shows, but yeah, that was, I mean, but that's not the Ramones, man. Oh, we got it. Yeah. It, was, it was CJ. It was Unbelievable. CJ. I'm sure. I, I, one, one time, at Zappa's in Brooklyn when I took the trains all the way over there I was well let me tell you something because it, it, this is how we got on there for the bill for the first time because they didn't care less they didn't even know about it. 
were, right. they were touring the world and playing punk rock music. Yeah, sure. And they were playing Ramon style, you know, and they had their own world. Yeah. But anyway, uh, us being from New York, actually from Queens, uh, a lot of Queens. So we went to bands from Queens. Yeah. It is. That should be a comedy. It seems like it already is indirectly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Chronological time. Yeah, Queensland. Yeah. Oh, we call it Queensland. There you go. Maybe I'll put that. That's okay. But anyway, the connection with the Ramones uh, and the way we got the first gig, and the first gig was very interesting uh, in that it was in Washington, D.C. But anyway, the, the way we got that was just by showing up at their shows and uh, networking. And here's what happened. At one show in particular, uh, back then I was like 16, 17 years old, and this is how I got to know them a little bit. I could not get in. My fake ID wasn't good. <laughs> really? and, yeah, and Ho was with me and got in. So he's looking at me out the window, and I'm sitting there with some girl who also couldn't get in. Of course. Right? It was terrible <laughs> fake ID. <laughs> I didn't have the good stuff from 42nd Street. Right. I was probably from 43rd. But, uh, <laughs> but anyway, I'm outside, and I, I don't know what I'm going to do. I right. took the train, you know, miles and miles to get there, and he's in, which pissed me off. Right. Right. He's looking at me, waving. He's not doing anything to get me in. Right, of course not. Make a move. Help me out. Hey, I know. But anyway, the, the Ramon van pulls up. Okay. Boom. I'm sitting there. They walk right by us. All, all four of them and Arturo and their sound man. Who knows who? And they go in the side door. Okay. And we're still sitting there. That was a thrill for a second. You know, I, got to, I was a foot away from the Ramones and that, this and that. And a couple people were talking to them and that sort of thing. But I'm still like, how am I going to fuck that? Right. Arturo comes back. He saw us sitting there. He knew. He must have knew, knew what was going on. And he bent over and he said, what's up with you two? You can't get in? And we go, no. He goes, come with me. He walks us around and then we go in the side door of a, a small club. It wasn't that big. Uh, we go in the door and where am I? I'm having Chinese food with the remote. That's I was back there for like 15, 20 minutes and Arturo whispers to me, he goes, listen, when the band is ready to go on, I'm going to signal to you. I want you to walk across the stage and put yourself right in front. I go, awesome. I will. Sick. <laughs> I have a little Chinese food. I'm mingling with all of them. Boom, boom, boom. He gives me the signal. I do that. And who's right there? Oh. And he's got a kamikaze shot for me. Nice. Yes. He's like, where were you? And all that. <laughs> and then they came on and blasted away. So that's how I met them and got to know them a little bit. And of course, I'm appearing. I go to every show afterwards. Lo and behold, we form a band. They get a little rumor that, hey, that band is a band to reckon with in New York. And we get a call from Arturo going, hey, the band is interested in you guys playing with them, but not in New York, in Washington. There's was a place called the Wax Museum. We said yes immediately. Wherever. And play anywhere. Yeah, except that this place was something we were not used to. It was a 5,000 seat amphitheater. Holy shit. Yeah. And it was packed. So that really? was strange. What we year is this again? That was like 82. Okay. 80, early 82. Yeah. Wow. 
Yeah. This is, and after we had gigged and because we got we had a name, that's how all of a sudden he says, "You know those kids? Yeah. They come to your shows, and you know we hit it up that way, and uh, awesome. and we did well. We did well on the big stage. It felt foreign. It's all of course. The amphitheater, you know, looking up up at people. Yeah, yeah, it was crazy. But it sounded great. We we did a nice job, and then we got four or five shows. We toured uh, the Agora Ballrooms with them a little bit, and uh, we did. Uh, both the Ritz and also Lemoore's with them. Lemoore's probably was, I should say, because Connecticut Agora Ballroom was great. That actually was Kenny's first show. Kenny played in the mob. There was a year when uh, Ho... Kenny from Urban Ways. Yeah. I guess this is a whole other story. Uh, the Bad Brains were easing down. Remember, they had the whole reggae thing happening. Oh, we're going to play yes. reggae now. And uh, it was good for some of us because we were hitting our peaks and okay. uh, they were doing reggae. Hey, we get to blow the bear brains away one night. Yeah. <laughs> one night only. <laughs> so don't come back and play hardcore. <laughs> but anyway, it went even further than that, and that was the formation in 83, 84, 85, I guess, of the HR band. And they had a bunch of records out. And Ho was okay. part of that. So he left us and went to D.C., and we had no bass player. Uh, Kenny from Urban Waste, they were already going through his problems and broken up. And so Kenny played with us for about a year and a half. And uh, went to the Agora Ballroom show with the Ramones involved. Kenny, he was great. That was, we toured with Kenny, and uh, it was a beautiful part. Awesome. Yeah, that's why I, I have a special bond with him, and was very sad. By yeah, uh, yeah. So he's, you know, he hasn't been around lately. But uh, yeah, I have this little special bond with him because it really uplifted the mob when he joined us because it was fresh. He was wild, and uh, I, I, you know. We hit it off, you know, even though we knew each other for years because we had put out the Urban Waste record and that sort of thing and played together all the time. But when you're in a van with someone going up and down the East Coast, you, you get a certain bond, you know? Yeah. I have to pause for one second. Station identification. First time we did. And we're back. Hey, I'm eating a little salad here, but... Eating a little salad? Getting ready for my pizza. A friend of mine was giving me a call. He has my daughter right now, so I had to make sure everything was okay. So these things happen. Everything's okay? Everything is fine. They just going back to the house early than usual. Everything is fine. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, so a special place in your heart for Kenny, yeah. as a lot of people do. And Tom. And it's very safe. It's very safe. Yes, of course, and Tom. God, I mean, cheers. It's all right. Yeah. It's only water. This is on a truck. It's all good. It's punk rock. Come on. Yeah, let's slam a couple tables. Yeah. <laughs> They got tables Yeah, they do. Yeah. Well, thank you. I see them. I need to get rid of them. Thank you. Thank you. So now check it out. Yeah. Upside the system comes out. Right? What year? 80... 82. Two. Early 82. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say 81, but that's why you're here, obviously. You were there. I was not there. Yeah, we recorded in 81. Uh, then it came out in 82. I, March is ringing the bell, but I don't remember. Okay. Yeah. And a lot of singles followed. Beastie Boys were recording theirs. Um... What, what else came out that year? Not listed. It's probably already had a couple out. You know that a lot of people don't even realize that the Beastie Boys started out as a punk rock. Yeah. You know that? Yeah. People think that Beastie Boys, oh, license sale, five year right to party. Like, really? Yeah. Really? But, but you hear the influences later oh, on. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You absolutely do. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And their producer, Rick Rubin. For sure. He, he played in a band called The Tricks. Really? Yeah, they played with us at Max's. 
Jack Newell. I didn't even know that. Yeah. Rick Rubin. The Pricks. That guy's a genius. <laughs> I mean, really. I mean, he that guy's incredible. The fucking from. Yeah, these are the Everything okay? Yeah, I, I, I didn't know he was still in the band. Yeah, it was short lived, but. Uh, I didn't yeah. Know. That's crazy. Yeah. I never knew that. So that might have been their only gig, I don't know. Oh, it was another band. What, what was it? What was the name of the band? Hose. That kind of. Yeah. Hose, like, like, like a hose, like a water hose, or like like, like loose women? Like garden hose. Oh, like garden hose. hose. That okay. makes sense. I thought it maybe like dirty stay out type <laughs> yeah. hose. Bunch of hose. Yeah, you never know. The bricks, yeah. the hose. Yeah. Oh, a masculine hose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh huh. Very yeah. nice. So, yeah, upset the system. Yeah. Then we did the Urban Waste record. Right, we were gigging all the time. I don't know. We played, all, we played regularly, and it's something that you know. I don't know. I can't speak for other bands, but one of the great things is we had our own rehearsal room. Where was that? And it, it moved a couple of times. Of course. <laughs> it started out underneath a candy store on 82nd in Astoria Boulevard in Jackson Heights. Guy let us have it for free. I think we stole too many ice creams out of his freezer and he finally, in a nice way, told us time need to, to go. Leave. You're yeah. saying you're welcome. Then we moved into my garage on 89th Street in Astoria Boulevard. Right near, uh, what was it, uh, Bruno's? Bruno's Catering? You don't know yet. You don't, don't know. know. Yeah. Do right not know the up area. Up the hill from Bruno's Catering. All right. And we were there a long time. And in the studio, we, we would play every day. That was something HR told us right away. He said, listen, you guys want to become a real band. You gotta play every day. Right. So we played every day, and uh, the mob garage became a neighborhood party I would each take, and every night. I would take advice from HR. Yeah, we did. We did. He, he, he came to the garage many times. I told yeah, my parents knew him. Everything. Yeah, and many people visited the garage. That was how we met Kraut. Uh, we knew of them, and we knew they were from like, the area. Right. Uh, I probably maybe I seen them, maybe I didn't. Uh, they formed a little after us, I think, but right around the same time. Okay. And they went. One of them, at least, went to Bryan High School with Rerun, who was one of our main guys. Uh, so, hey, we're rehearsing in, in Mob Studios in the garage. Mob Studios. Right. We're getting rid of the fancy. Of course. Yeah. And uh, a knock on the garage door. We open it up, and the smoke billows out. <laughs> And it's like a silhouette of these leather jackets, kind of, kind of like Ramonish in ways, uh, but it's Kraut, all four members. Okay. Like, hey, come on in. Boom, we hit it off right from there. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, they stayed. We jammed. We partied uh, in the garage, and one by one, they came by many times. Uh, so that's how we we finally met, and then we played many shows. Uh, another interesting story that happened. At Mob Studios was the Reagan Youth Bass uh, audition that happened at my house. Okay. In the in that's, the studio. That's interesting. Yeah, we were the only ones to have you know our own place. Uh, so yeah, they had uh, Andy originally, and I forget their drummer's name. Nice guy. Uh, the original four. Right. And then Andy left, and I don't know what happened there, but they needed a bass player, and uh, I said they have it at, at the garage because we. We had known each other really well by hanging at 171 and at these shows and that sort of thing. And uh, so I had a little influence. 
minutes, I, I was saying, oh, I like that guy, or that guy's yeah. real good. Uh-huh. There's like six guys there, yeah. and some of them couldn't even, you know, they didn't even know what a bass was. Right. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. But the uh, rehearsal, yeah. uh, the audition took place at the, at the garage, and uh, they chose their guy. And he was their guy for many years uh, after that. So I think it was kind of an inside, he was an inside thing. But uh, yeah. he, was, he was the right one. Nice. So, yeah, that happened there. And there were many uh, visits by other bands and so forth to the, uh, to the garage. Yeah. yeah. A lot of history, man. Yeah. Yeah. So what eventually, anything else that led up to after you put on Upset the System and you, you put out a couple of singles, right? Yeah, Step Forward. Step Forward. And then right after that is when you guys kind of broke up? No. Uh, yes. Yes. yes and no. That was okay. after Step Forward. That's why I was kind of with the yeah. timeline. I was doing my research. a bit of a timeline. Right. Yes. After See, I know some forward. stuff. Yes, you do. No, no, there's, yeah, and I would say more of a... What are we going to do now? Right. Thing, where Jose went with HR, the Bad Brains were done, the HR band is playing, Jose in them. We have we had Kenny for a year, and we started to record with him. How we didn't go further with him, I don't even remember. Okay. Because it was, we had a blast. We were partying a lot of the time. That's the thing, maybe that had something to do with it. But anyway, our kind of our uh, road tech guy who came on the road with us, Chris, um, was supposed to be actually in the last period of time with Jose, was supposed to be our second guitar hand. Okay. Right? He was going to be that. And we never got to do that, so we went. Kenny didn't work out for some reason or another. He said, Chris, you're on bass. And he picked up right away. And then we resumed with gigs. And actually, he looked almost exactly like Jose. So people didn't even realize that, oh, Kenny's gone, but Jose's back. That's what they thought. But it was Chris. They went, you know, we're in their Rasta mode and the beards and the crowns and that sort of thing. So it took us some time through all that. And you're right. There was. There seems to be a, a lag. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, Upset the system '82. Next year, uh, step forward was out, and we were probably ready to bang them out. Right. We had a lot of material. Uh, the album came what in '85 or something like that. Finally, it took a long time to record. We were in a little chaos, I would say. There was probably some fighting and disagreements. And how old were all you kids? Yeah, we were young. Of course, uh, about 22. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. We had a couple records out. We had you know, the records. And lots of history, like you said. Yeah. Lots of shows, lots of. Uh, I'm not going to be there for a rehearsal this and that. Yeah. So, like any other band, sure. uh, that was occurring. But yeah, there was about a good three years, probably, uh, until the album. But that was done with Chris, very high tech. We were experimenting a lot. Uh, and quite frankly, I was probably already kind of retired from the scene. I was out of it. I was doing other things. I was here, I was there, I was, you know, I'd show up at shows that I, I appreciated and liked, but I wasn't hanging, say, down with the, the groups every night, right. down, you know, with the, with the clan. Right. Uh, and I think a lot of us were already, you know, kind of, hey, we are doing life stuff. in the beginning, you doing, and uh, yeah. this is getting old, because we were wild. We were right. creative. We were, you know, that sort of thing. So I would just be, you know, in and out, in and out, right. and those kind of things. But the album was very important to us. We, you know, we were trying to, uh, you know, break 
Buon appetito. Thank you. Buon appetito. Thank you. Compared to Back to Queens, it's just a progression. We were musically exploring, and that sort of thing. And it's funny, we come to Crush, we took some shit for expanding there. But if you listen to all the records that came out after that, they took that same style and went even further with it. Of course they did. It's crazy. So it's just a progression. Of course it is. Your dish is wet. There you go. Listen, punk rock shit. <laughs> I threw it on the floor. Yeah, listen. But she was spilling a whole glass of water on the floor. She was throwing glasses she of water. She was throwing glasses. Going nuts over here. Yes. Can we help you, son? This looks good. It does look good. Before it goes, we got to take a picture with the pizza. Because, you know, I got a, a pizza yeah. bar. We got, we got, you, do, you, you have a what? A pizza bar. Yeah, bro. I think she's pizza bar. You never heard of it? Do you really? No, 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 everybody knows that. I see Most that. people I think know that. See? Yeah. Smart enough, kids. Pizza. I play music, but here I'm going to take, you're going to be on the block. Let me see. Okay, close with your pizza. There we go. You're on the block. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of people are appeared on the block. All right, awesome. so to where are we at? Where we at? We're at the uh, we come to crush era with Chris now, and that's it's interesting because I told you he replaced Ho, really replaced Kenny on bass because Kenny had that short uh, spurt with us, and it kind of brings us back to the who's appearing now, the right. original lineup. But that's funny because we did uh, a bunch of shows with Chris throughout the years, and they were very sporadic. We weren't putting out new music. We recorded some new music. We did Tommy Gun for a Clash comp okay. at one time. That's really cool. We did a couple of songs that will probably be part of a historical release that we do. Uh, and we did some shows, some big shows. We did Coney Island High with all kinds of people. That was a wild night. We did a lot of video from Chris. We did Philly. We toured around a little bit you know, in spurts. Sure. So we played for like 10 years with Chris, with Jose School uh, no, Washington, and so forth. But then we got asked to do something, uh, I believe this is not that, you know, 2001. We're all the way up here now. Right. Remember, we have no, no new recordings except for a couple of comps and things like that. Right. Uh, 2001, we decided the hose back in the picture because he never left us as a friend, you know? Right. Uh, the HR band is long over, even though they play now, uh, reggae and that sort of thing. Yep. But anyway, we decided the initial vision of a five-piece we were going to do. Okay. So we rehearsed, uh, not that long, a couple of weeks doing, you know, a, mis a mishmash of songs from everything. And with Ho back on bass and Chris playing second guitar. Okay. And it, the show was great. That was the, uh, I guess, the, what was it called, that cassette? Trash? New York Trash. Okay. Oh, right. New York 
trash reunion of some sort. Kind of funny they asked us to do it. We weren't even on that show. Everyone else that played the show was. But we, we did a great show. We get to play CBs again. That was the last time. We were asked to play the closing, but we couldn't bring it together. We thought actually. It would have been great. I would have loved to. I was all in. Yeah. But we hadn't played in a while, so we didn't get to do that. But that night was great. And we did the five piece for the for the first time. And then up until Coney Island Baby, which was only a couple of months ago, yeah. that we went we've been five piece right. playing all these you know shows that we have done. Yeah. So it's been nice. Uh, we recorded back to Queens as a five piece. Yeah. Yeah. So that's out. And that dropped what year? That was 2012. 2012. Okay. Awesome man. Yeah. So that's kind of the historical run with a lot of gaps, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Eat some pizza. Yeah. Before it gets cold. We try. But it's awesome. It's delicious. Hey, make a nice European style, like with the New York thinness. Thin. Mm-hmm. So anybody listening from Chicago, your pizza stinks. <laughs> well, it's not actually that it doesn't taste right. Yeah, it's not pizza. Mm-hmm. It's not pizza. You can call it deep dish pizza, but it's not We've pizza. We've decided. We just had it recently. And I have to say, what we had was delicious, but it was not pizza. Exactly. It was, we called it a casserole. It was yeah. like a layered a piece of deliciousness because it had your sausage, your cheese, your sauce with this nice crust. But it was a casserole. Right. Yeah. So I, I guess they probably knew about New York pizza. Of course. They said, hey, we're Chicago. We're like second banana always. Okay. So we need to invent our own thing. Second banana. Yeah. <laughs> we're second banana. And what can we come out with that's unique? Right. They probably had a, you know, they tasted the lasagna and said, let's make a pizza that's like a lasagna. There you go. <laughs> and we'll call it deep dishing, and then we'll yell at the top of our lungs that this is great. Right. And hopefully people will listen. <laughs> so they've invented their own thing. They did. Even though they copied it, like the casserole or something. Yeah. It's weird. Mm-hmm. But it's all right. They can have that thing. Yeah. But it's not pizza. Just don't walk in there thinking you have pizza. Exactly. If you think you're walking, having a casserole, it will be good. Then you're good. Yeah. Just got to switch it up. You got to play tricks in your own head. It's good. So what's on the horizon? Do you have anything coming up for the mom? Do you have any shows coming up? Do you have any... You did mention that you wanted to release a couple of old things. Yes. Yes. Well, uh, what's up with all that? Not, yeah. Yeah. There's lots that is capable of being done. Uh, and we will do something, of course, because we, we've never stopped. Right. Uh, sometimes it takes one year to get back to something. Sometimes it takes five years to get back to something. Sure. But being 55, uh, and the whole band, I think, is very aware that where we are at and our capabilities and being all original and that sort of thing. Yeah. So they know we wanted to do something. I have more of an, uh, a want, I would say, along with hope to do stuff because I have a treasure trove of material. I have maybe a hundred songs ready to be, that ready never to even, be worked on. That never even brand new. Brand new. Yeah, brand new. So there's much material 
people that could be done. Uh, getting it together, you know, is we're all in different areas now. Right. He's out, out in Queens and Florida. He manages Clutch and War. He's always on the road. Jamie is down in southern New Jersey, uh, but you know, works and travels all over the world. I work and travel all over the country. Yeah. Ho is in Washington D.C. and has limitations there, but we all have that brotherhood and that friendship sure. so within the bond. So we will do things. The timetable, who knows? But I'm currently looking into uh, get that venoms together, get that together. We have also in a documentary, really, kind of the historical process uh, with interviews and things like that. It also needs to be worked on and probably needs some filmage still to go on with that. Yeah, there's a, a can in the in the uh, a film in the can also. So there's a lot of ways. I'm also probably going to do some outside mob stuff. Okay, uh, I got my crew from Philadelphia. I want to work with because some of those songs that I told you I got, you know, in the uh, in the folder uh, may not be what I want to do with them. Right. I want to do it elsewhere. Like so, a solo kind yeah. of deal. Ralphie G and the Tommy Guns. So, oh, I don't know. It's off the top of my head. Consider. Bob, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to do something. Uh, yeah, a project. That's awesome, man. I've done other projects before. Right. You jumped on the stage. It was when I was when I was booking shows at Lucky Thirteen. You you jumped on the stage. And was it was it the Antidote show? Yeah. It was it was it was something with Drew because yeah. I know that he did the second show that I did there. He actually did a High and Mighty show. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was the High and no. Mighty show. Or was it, so it was the fifth. It, it was the Antidote show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, I've signed with uh, other bands, a little guest spot here and there. I had a band, Nation on Fire, from Philadelphia for a long time, and I worked with the group. We were going under SBC. I've signed on the Bad Luck 13, a couple of records. Really? Those are wild. That's yeah. wild. That's awesome. expect that? Yeah, right? really. I didn't expect that. I, I just did not expect for you to say that. Yeah, but they're my buds. That's right. Uh, Philadelphia. I love I Philly. Mm-hmm. I love Philly. So, yeah. Mob will do some stuff. I don't know when. Uh, we have to regroup. Uh, we'll do shows and we'll do, we'll do a new record. Awesome. Before we, uh, you know, leave this planet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get that stuff yeah. out there, okay. man. Yeah. In one way or another, it's going to get out there. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. You want to tell everybody where they can find the mob, this, that, where they can download music, all that stuff? Sure, sure. We wrap up because I want to eat. I want to dive into this piece. Yes. Mob's yeah, available and, in all the areas. And we're at an hour. So, cool. It's beautiful. Wonderful. Whoa. I got more to say for part two, and we're going to do that call-in show. That works for me. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you can follow the mob on Facebook. We have an Instagram. What else we have? Anything else? Uh, we're on all the iTunes and all of those things. Uh, obviously, we've never re-released the material uh, from the singles. We never reprinted. We never did any of that. Right. And because they're collector's items. Right. You never find upset system step forward and right. or we come to garage or back to 
of Queens, for that matter, in the budget bin. Right. It's, it's, they're always sought after, and we like that. Yeah. I, I like that, personally. I they think that's awesome. They will not be re-released on vinyl. That's what they're We may put together a complete historic CD. Like a whole discography. Some, yeah, with ideal. the movie in there and that sort of thing. We'll that see. would make sense. That was the plan. Uh, yeah, we may do something like that, but you won't get the vinyl. But you can go on your discogs and things and beat and battle for that stuff. But all of it's available electronically for free. Also, if you want to just you know test it out, check it out. Uh, oh, we also have a YouTube channel, okay. NYHC. You can look there. So we're all around. Look for shows and uh, come out. Instagram, the Mob One Hundred One. Is it the Mob One Hundred One? No, on, 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 Insta, on Instagram. On Instagram. Let me see. Let me just I think double check. YouTube No, Instagram is the Mob NYHC. On Instagram. On Instagram. Okay. And it's also the Not Mob. Facebook. The Mob is also M- the Mob NYHC also on Facebook. Yes. Hey, that reminds me though. To, one of the reasons we throw the New York Parker, we don't like to limit ourselves to anything, even though we're part of the beginning of the wonderful family, and I continue in that family. Yeah. Uh, but the reason we put that there is because there is the UK Mob. Right. Yes. And who started around the same time as we did. Right. And a couple of years ago, Mark Wilson mm-hmm. and I got to meet face to face for the first time and we both knew of each other for years and we just never you know had the opportunity but what a wonderful uh, gentleman and we talked about doing a uh, a split awesome. how crazy would that be that's awesome and he just talked about it again I keep reminding him uh, it's obviously a difficult task that being in the UK sure. not that active even though they they did a tour a couple years ago but that's another project that I still want to see happen before we totally uh Hang up the boots, you know what I mean? Yeah. Alright, right. And do you want do you want to close out with a song? With a song. I could oh, slap a mob song on oh, there. It's your call. Yeah, yeah. Uh your call, my yeah, man. Let's uh bust up uh are you ready? What do you got queued up? No. What do you like? It's gonna get edited in. Oh, okay. Uh, well, here, do, do, an, do something from Upset the System, which is probably a minute long, and then bust back to Queens, because that's where we come from. Sounds like a plan to me. Hey, thank you. No, thank you. And, uh, yeah, this was awesome. And part two, coming soon. We're over here.